All right, episode four recap. The Ultimate Fighter season 27. What's going on, man? Um, you look happy today? I'm always happy. You're always happy. I know you're always happy, but you you look like pretty. you just woke up. No, nah, I did. My sleeping pattern, I, my sleeping pattern's all fucked up. You know, waking up in the middle of the night, going to sleep in the middle of the night. I'm lucky I don't have to wake up early for work. Um, but yeah, I woke up like late today and I'm still in bed. Yeah. Um, now the episode, man. Yo, there you go. You got the the silk blankets and everything. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now with the with the fight, man. The fight was just like it was like last week, basically. Except for it was on the ground. Total yeah. domination by Bryce. Yeah. Um. I kind of I I had a feeling that would happen. Um. You know, like I rolled around with Bryce and I rolled around with um with. Uh, Jay as well. Jay's like a crafty guy. He's a veteran, and he's he's super tough as you've seen. Like he he wouldn't give up the choke when many other people in the opportunity would have. But um, Bryce is like too like blue. When he gets in a position like when he's on your back, he's just there all all day, all day. I think that Bryce, if he had the cardio, uh, he could have maybe pushed and finished that fight. But it um it was a bit of a shutout, and now we are down zero four. Yeah, man. Let's let's talk about that, man. Um, being down zero and four, there was so many different things going on in that episode. But let's talk about that part of being down zero and four after the fights. Uh, what is it? The Lonnie's out there talking about his twenty thousand dollar Rolex. I don't understand why he's screaming that to the other team. Why is he screaming like he has a twenty thousand? What What is the point of saying all that? So obviously, like you, you, sometimes you never see the way it like blows up. They just kind of show what's going on, and um, that's why we got you. Yeah, exactly. So you guys know that obviously Delani is, um, he's out there. He likes to talk about his money, and he likes to talk about those things. These are the things that like he enjoys talking about. It's just him. Like some people call it arrogant or whatever, and it is. It's super arrogant, but it's just who he is and and how he likes to portray himself. So uh, I think right after the fight, the fight had finished. And um, me, Jay, Delani, and Kylo, we were all roommates. All the 145ers from Team Merchants were all roommates. And obviously, we were a little bit closer. And um, Delani was probably a bit upset over Jay losing because him and Jay were boys. And... Um, you know, I think he, he mentioned something like, yeah, fuck all your team anyway. Because they were like, oh, yeah, 4-0, baby, 4-0. Like, they just kept going on. And then Delaney eventually turned around and go, fuck you and your own four. I'm still richer than all you motherfuckers anyway. You know, and, and he just kept playing off that. And he, he saw that the first time he said it, he got under their skin. So he said it again and again. And then the cameras started coming towards him. And then Delaney started blowing up. And then Duran had made a comment. Like some, I can't even remember what he really said, but he had made a comment to to Delani, and then Delani was like, "Oh, who the fuck are you? Just a little broke boy and all this stuff." And then Duran obviously got a little bit uh, upset, and he said that he was gonna slap Delani, and then that's where it all like just kicked off. And me and Dana White had to run in and, and break that fight up. Dana White had to hold Delani back, I had to hold Duran back, and vice versa. But me and Dana White just swooped right in there and, and de-escalated the situation. Yeah. 
do you think that that's kind of like his insecurity that he just wants to turn to like bragging about his money when money doesn't mean anything in the house at all um, does it doesn't money mean and and we'll fight again against about money means zero in the house money doesn't exist and um and that's that was kind of why the fight with jose and delani started because jose was explaining saying you know money doesn't exist your twenty thousand dollar rolex doesn't mean nothing your hundred thousand dollar this doesn't mean nothing you don't even have your cars right now and um i think that uh, maybe delani not being around more of his cars or his his women or whatever Delaney uh, surrounds himself with. He was outside his comfort zone, so he had to always refer back to it. He had to always uh, remind people. It is insecurities, um, but at the same time, Delaney, even when he was getting angry, he was always kind of having fun with the situation. You know, like, he would be angry one second and, like, be blowing up, and he would be having a fight with someone, and then we'd walk away, and I'd sit down, and then... Delaney would smile at me and he'd be like, did you see that motherfucker's face when I told him he was broke? Like, that's just how he is. Like, he wants to get, it's not so much he wants to get attention. He wants to get a reaction out of, uh, out of all the fighters there. So he definitely got a reaction from more than the fighters. So it's pretty cool. It was, it was entertaining in the house. Maybe that's why they kind of, uh, it was one of the reasons they picked him for the show. Is he like? Do you? Th I don't know if you think this, but maybe like, like I'm. I'm confused. Oh, hundred, hundred percent, right? If if the like, I would I would say that with ninety percent of fighting, ninety percent of fighting nowadays, it's not so much about how, um, how well you do in your fight or who you fought or anything like that. Nowadays, it's it's okay. Uh, where did you fight? How did you promote yourself post fight, and uh, where are you going to go to next, and how are you going to promote it? You know, and and Delaney is pretty good with that. Like, if the guy knows how to make money, he knows how to how to make sales. You know, if you know how to make sales in this game, you're going to go pretty far. Um, a lot of the fighters like what Delaney talked his way and talked his way and talked his way. Good on the sometimes to get into a position. You're just as smart. He took less brain damage to get to the U.S. found out. Some fighters don't. The fighters that do get found out, it depends on how they react to it and, and what they do to make the most of the situation after. And then some fighters, you find out that they're pretty legit. You know, um, they were just smarter about their career. Uh, I'm kind of used to all that talk. Uh, I realized being in that house... Uh, Americans have a shit sense of humor. Sorry. You guys have a horrible sense of humor. <laughs> like, it, you guys have a good sense of humor, but it's not so much that. It's the banter, you know, kind of going back and forth. Like, anytime I would say anything to, um, like, one of the American guys, say, for instance, it was Tyler or it was Luis or someone like that, they would get really, really defensive. Now, if I said the same things to an Australian person or I said the same things to a person from the UK, they'll usually come back and, and throw a bit of banter back at me. And that's part of the, the fun of it. Um, you guys don't kind of understand sarcasm a lot of the time uh, from what I've seen. You do. You do. Maybe because you're Asian deep down. No, um, I think I've just <laughs> been dealing with a lot of Australians. But also, I think in, in America... People are kind of, they, they react to certain things because they're like, I don't know you like that. You know that I don't know you like that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I like get that. Yeah. I don't know you like that. Why you, you know, why are you playing me? I don't know you like that. You know, like they kind of have that attitude of that yeah. reaction. And, and you know what? It, it was like that. But what you got to realize is, hey, you don't know me like that. Well, fuck, you sleep in the room next to me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like you live in the same house as me. We ate dinner together last night. We shared a moment. Don't say you don't know me like that. It's like if two people can live in the same house as each other, I'm sure they, they can throw a bit of shit back and forth, you know, like, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, it, it was just, it was kind of like that. I've noticed when I went there and I went to Vegas and I, before I went into the tough house, I'd be watching TV and every second uh, commercial was a commercial to sue somebody. Yeah. yeah. It was like, <laughs> Hey, you want to claim your compensation? Did you hurt your back? Well, you deserve to get paid this. Every commercial is about suing someone or about some shit medicine that should get restocked and and like oh you better not have taken this medicine if you took this medicine you're probably gonna die call this number right now and we can sue the company that is that is like right now the mentality that i've seen a lot of those guys had in that house they would get so easily offended to the point where it would ruin their day or it would it would do something like uh, like I said, like you're Asian. I said something about you being Asian. Cool. I'm not being racist. I'm pointing out that you're Asian. Now, if I said the same thing to a black person, right? If I was like, "Hey, man, you're black," like, what the fuck did you just call me? I'm like, "Whoa." I'm like, man, like I'm just saying, like if someone in the house, no one, no one was racially abused more than me, right? Right? <laughs> me being the only Arab in the house, or like the the only Iranian looking guy in the house. I copped a lot of like terrorist jokes, copped a lot of bomb jokes, right? It's because I'm explosive, all right? But I could take it and I always had a laugh with it. But you'd say something back to someone else, they'd be like, oh, what the fuck? You know, you can't say that. And I'm like, man, we're all cool here. Everyone's just got to get along. Fighters need to be able to throw shit out at each other without getting so like butthurt. That's butthurt called fighters. That's called banter. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, you understand it because you've been around us uh, a while. You know, you've spoken to us. But, like, the, the Americans don't get the Australian banter at all or the UK banter. Like, me and Jay would have a joke with someone and, and then they'd look at us like we're the weird ones. Or we'd tell them a story about something that happened in Australia, the UK, and they call us weird, you know? Um, like, I, I'm always I'm always joking around with someone. And, I'm like I said, I'm cool with everyone. Like, I've got black friends, Asian friends. I've got gay friends. I've got lesbian friends. And, like, my gay friends, I always give them shit. My lesbian friends, I always give them shit. My black friends, I always give them shit. And they always give me shit as well, you know? My gay friends are always trying to crack onto me, you know? And it's cool. It's normal. Yeah. If I was an American person and my gay friend tried to crack onto me, they said, whoa, 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 hold your, hold your space, you know? But it's all fun. you got to enjoy this game. you got to enjoy life. I think it's just American society now. They're, they're just so sensitive about words. If you look at like, if you, if you listen to like the Joe Rogan podcast a little bit, they kind of delve into that. Like everybody has a label and you shouldn't call people this and you should call people that. And I think that, that doesn't mean shit. You know what I mean? Like you just got to fucking go with the flow and no one's fucking serious. If you're serious, you know, if someone's serious and they're talking some racist shit at you, but if you're joking, yeah, exactly. you're joking, man, and whatever. Exactly, exactly. Like, don't get me wrong. I've, like, 
I never realized how sensitive people were until I got into that house. <laughs> and yeah, sometimes there were oversensitive cells. So like, okay, let me just turn it down a bit because I could see the person is getting butt hurt. But like I said, when you've got every second commercial on television telling you you could sue someone for something, that's what kind of uh, brings this mentality of, of, uh, of nah, no one can say ever any, anything bad to me. Man, have you seen half the shit that I've been written about myself or fighters in general on the internet or UFC fighters? Got to go with it. Like I've said it before, like I don't care if someone writes bad comments about me. I encourage bad comments. Um, you know, it just like, but I never get heard about it. Like someone, if someone called me, like if someone made fun of anything of, of mine over the internet, someone I especially don't know, I'd never get cut at it. I usually like show my friends and I'll be like, look at the, what this guy showed, like just said about me. And I have a laugh about it. Some fighters um, aren't like that. Other, a lot of those fighters in the house were really, really worried about what everyone was going to say about them when they got out of that house. But if you just act like yourself and someone calls you a dick, well, I guess you got to accept that you're a dick. Because <laughs> the people that really know you, they know you're a dick. So it doesn't really fucking matter how you portray yourself on the show because the real people already know who you are. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of a weird situation, that whole fucking house, you know, and the cameras being on you and you trying to, you know, once you let go, I guess that's when people really see who you are. That's why I want to talk about DC, man, because as the, as the show goes, they're portraying DC very well on this show. You know, like the way he coaches and like the way he handles his fighters, they portray him very well, you know what I mean? Don't you think? I think, I think the UFC and the production team really like Daniel Cormier. Yeah, I, I, think, I think so too. Because Steep... Like, Stipe is not a coach. Like, he, he came there himself and he said at the start, like, I'm not a coach. So he brought his coaches in. Hmm. And his coaches were doing a good job. Like I said before, if we came there and lost, it was our own fault. You know, like, two weeks of being with Stipe or Cormier or anything isn't going to make a difference. The person who was meant to win won. That's it. That's as far as it goes for me. I never make an excuse or, or anything like that. So for my team that just went 0-4, like, if, if any of them tried to make excuses, there's no excuse. Like, you lost. You know? If I win, they, I won because I won. If I lose, I lost because I lost. That's it. Um, but Stipe was there, and he was more of, like, a mentor, a role model for us. He had the coaches, and the coaches were doing a great job. But what kind of annoys me at times is – you see the camera in in between rounds. The only person the camera is on is Stipe. And I understand that it's Team Miocic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but there was other coaches there as well saying different things. And everyone's like, oh, Stipe's not saying anything. Stipe's not saying anything. We had other guys to help us out there. You know, like um, everyone's kind of like ripping on Stipe about, about being a bad coach or anything. I don't need a good coach. I don't need a, like a good – I'm meant to be – a, a undefeated professional. I'm meant to be good for myself without this person. I made it here without Stipe. I made it here without DC. So why shouldn't I just like still be able to perform no matter what they say? You know. So anyone who's kind of pointing at that is um, looking too far into it. But they, they are. Everyone can see that they are making Cormier out to be the super coach 
and Stipe to be the not so good coach. But they're both coaches in their good right. They're in their own right. I thought after uh, after Jay lost, you guys were in the uh, in the locker room or whatever, and Stipe told like his little story about when he lost and he he was gonna quit. I thought that was a good moment though for you guys. It was. You know what sucks? That moment actually went for longer. Like there was more said, but I remember I was sitting um, like directly across from Stipe when he said that. He was kind of like looking in our, our direction. Because he knew, I think there was a group of us that hadn't fought yet. There was like me and Trezano, Delani. He was kind of looking at us a little bit more. And he was saying, um, you know, like when I lost to Stefan Struve, obviously, uh, I thought that was it. Because Stefan wasn't ever a top 10 really guy. Mm -hmm. You know, and he knocked me out. He's like, I thought that was it. I thought I'm never going to make it. And I stopped, you know, feeling sorry for myself. And I just said, I'm going to go in there and put it on the line every time. And that's kind of when he may have, uh, like, turned, the, turned his career around. Um, it was a good moment to hear that. But Stipe got the shits once because everyone was, uh, you know, uh, making fun of him. Like, if anything ever came up, we just mentioned the fact that he lost to Stefan Struve. <laughs> <laughs> he was always getting pissed off about that. He, well, he really, like, if one, thing, if one thing gets under his skin, you mention the Stefan Struve loss, you just see his face change. Like, it uh -oh. completely changes. Well, so I guess that's, what, that's a soft button for Stipe then. It, it is. It, it honestly is a bad button to push for Stipe. Well, it seems like he's like a guy that uh, if you've seen, if you follow him, he's a guy that has banter. Yeah, he is. And, uh, he seems like he doesn't like talk that much. And like, call me as the loud one, but Stipe plays the jokes. But Stipe is always joking around. Stipe is like one of the guys. And that was the cool thing about like meeting people like, like Stipe is that he's so humble and he was just like a normal person. He would speak to us and and um, probably seen too much of him and too much of Cormier over the season. But he was just like any other person. Like he understood jokes. Like his team really did. Like uh, Volante, uh, Kraus, Kamozi, you know, Dustin Jacoby, those guys, they had banter. You know, maybe because they've been around the in industry for a while and, and they've met so many people from around the world that they've kind of grown that banter. You know, but, uh, you know, you're in, a group, you're in a gym full of killers, you know, and, and for these guys to still be able to, like, lighten the mood up at times is what you needed. You know, everyone at that gym was good. Like, the coaches, the fighters, everyone, everyone had some skill. Um, so when the tensions were high, it was always good to have these guys that had a bit of banner. And even Cormier. At the start, I used to get a little bit annoyed at the banner that Cormier would throw out because Cormier would, like, walk into our change room, uh, into our practice room while we're practicing, and he would be loud. He'd be like, oh, I'm coming in this, motherfucker. What are you? And it would get under my skin at the start, and it would annoy me at the start. But then after a while, I realized it was just kind of lightening the mood up. Bryce Mitchell, he's a country boy. He's a redneck. Have you? Is that the first redneck you've ever met in your life? Yeah. Bryce is probably the most country fool I've ever met in my life, right? He's like a black man in a white man's body, with like the most southern accent you could, you could catch. Bryce is one of a kind. Um, you see, like I was in the back and I was making Bryce's bow with him in the back and helping him kind of bend it, get his feathers and stuff. He is the, a very, very interesting man. He's 
super, super like handy. If I ever needed some, like if we said, if we ever got lost in a, like the woods, Bryce is the person we want to get lost with. He will teach you so much shit and he is loud. Like he doesn't give a fuck. If he doesn't like someone, he says it. Um, if he doesn't like the government, he says it. Like he's real, real big into like conspiracy theories and shit. <laughs> And that's what he was going on about in the whole house. Like, how the government's out to get him and shit. Straight like a redneck. Straight like a redneck. He's like, yeah. He's like, fuck them. They want to fucking take away our rights, take away our guns. You know, like, he's, like, big on his guns and shit. Like, a lot of those guys are. Yeah, it was was, um, was cool to have him. And he's he's a skilled fighter. He's a real, real skilled fighter. Real hard to deal with. Real good wrestling when he gets in deep on that double. And um, his ground game is, is phenomenal. Something you guys probably missed is when we, um, when we were doing the, the, the evaluations. So we, we did the evaluations with, like, Cormier. We did them with Stipe. We rolled. We wrestled. We struck a bit. We did a bit of everything. And then I remember me and, we, me and Bryce had rolled. And... Um, we rolled, and when when Bryce had rolled, I knew, I knew, I seen him do it before. He he had this killer triangle set up, and I seen him do it to someone before. And I'm like, I'm gonna get caught with that shit. Started rolling around with Bryce in the fucking um, in the evaluation, and he fucking triangled me. Mm-hmm. And like he tapped me in the evaluation. I was like, damn, what the fuck? This motherfucker got me. I started going at him. I fucking I got his leg, and me and him had some like mad scrambles. And then at one stage, I got him in a, in a knee bar. And as I got him in the knee bar, I don't know how I positioned myself. But I, I, I got positioned in like a funky way. But I was like pulling the knee. And he had me in like this weird like head and arm. Like it wasn't choking, but it was like hurting my neck. So I'm trying to pull his head, uh, his leg. And he's trying to pull my neck. <laughs> and we were in this position for like 30 seconds. And whoever was the first person to adjust their hands was going to get the tap. Yeah, and we both knew that. Like we were both like, at a, like at a good enough level to know that whoever moves first is gonna get tapped. So we just like held it, and then I remember, I think it was one of the coaches. It might have been Kane Velasquez was like walking over us and was like, "Hey, what are you two doing?" Like it just looked like we we're stuck in a position and no one was moving. And then um, Kane like just kind of shook his head, walked by, and then Bryce like he's under my arm and he goes to me, "Oh, hey." Let go of that knee bar and I'll let go of his head and arm choke. And he goes, we won't make each other look bad. And I go, all right, cool. So we let go and just started rolling again. And, uh, nice. and it, it, it was cool like because, like I said, a lot of the guys were there and they were like really thirsty to compete, which is good. I was hungry there to compete and so was Bryce as well. But when we were in our evaluations, Bryce didn't give a fuck. Like, and, like, neither did I. Like, we were just joking around, messing around, rolling. And then when that happened, Bryce is just like, hey, come on, let's just, like, let's get back to rolling. Neither of us are going to win this battle. Don't worry about it, you know? So it's cool, like, for someone like Bryce, who's so young, to have that, like, little bit of maturity of, like, not arrogance. Mm-hmm. If he really wanted to be arrogant, he could have, like, held on to that and said, I'm not fucking letting go of this because if I do – uh he's going to knee bar me or whatever. But he like, he had the decency to come out and say, Hey man, we're probably both going to tap each other out. Just let go of it. You know, show signs of like a real mature fire, like confidence within himself. Like he was so confident against me that he could say, 
oh yeah, let's just let go of this and start again, you know? Um, it, he didn't care how he rolled. He didn't care how he did. He, he, um, he, Bryce was just himself. Bryce was the realest motherfucker there, you know? Well, that's a moment that kind of shows, like, in training between fighters that you could kind of, you, you could show respect to the next person, you know? And it's not like, there's a time to do it, you know, 100%, but there's a time where you guys could kind of, you know, ease up and not go, you know, you could go like 25%. Well, like, like, look, I, uh, like I said, I had his knee. He had my head, right? If he, if, if he squeezed harder than I pulled his knee, he probably could have put me to sleep. Or if I squeezed his knee harder than he was pulling my head, I probably could have, like, gone crazy and tried to break his knee or something. But um, th- that was kind of what I, I liked with meeting someone like Bryce. It was, like, the, the professionalism in in a fighter to not want to get injured want to continue into this competition and be smart smart training you know um some of the guys like they didn't want to give you an inch and you really had to steal it you know and there was times when i could feel that they didn't want to give me anything and i'd be like ah okay don't worry about it like let's move on you know because the egos would, would would rise as they always do like egos rise in in a normal gym where you're not competing against that person like oh possibly fighting against them so you can imagine how it was getting into the tough gym all i wanted to do was just train stay injury free and just uh, like get through the process as healthy and as good as possible to possibly fight speaking of healthy luis pena heartbreaking yeah this episode he uh his foot his foot was broken or what, what was fractured? What, yeah, bro, what was going he, on? He, oh, he fractured his foot. He fractured his foot. Or, bro, I don't know exactly what they said. Fracture, isn't fracture and a break the same thing? Yeah. I yeah. He, he had, like, broken his foot. Obviously, it was, it was, we knew it was kind of coming because he, he came home and he was walking around. I'm like, man, his foot looks pretty fucking big. You know, and I said to him, I'm like, hey, man, because this was after his fight, I go, uh, I think I was sitting on the couch with him one day. He was upset. It was just me and him. Like, no one else was kind of around. And uh, I was like, oh, how's your foot? And he's just like, oh, no, 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 it's good. It's good. Like, he was playing it off. And I could tell inside that something was wrong. And then, um, and I think the next scene was like when Tyler and him were talking by the bar. And then he kind of got upset. And um, he went and checked out his foot and then came back to the house and had that, like, remember the Titans moment? Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, y'all gotta remember do this. <laughs> y'all gotta win it. Fuck these motherfuckers. <laughs> he had the remember the Titans yeah. moment. I hate laughing at pain, but, um, you know, it's, it, Luis is cool. Like, you know, Luis is uh, training with my boy Alex right now at AKA. Oh, okay. Yeah, they just posted up a selfie before they were training together at AKA. All right, well, with that, he was, man, he was emotional. Of course, people be like, why is he so emotional? Hey, it's emotional, man. It's the biggest opportunity of your life, and you're gone from that season. It is. Uh, When you have – forget that if if he didn't fight and that happened. Like, imagine that happened in training. I don't think it would have hurt as much as the way it happened. He went through, like, a, a pretty grueling fight a fight where Jose didn't want to give up and he, he threw everything he could at Jose to, to try and put him out. 
he advances and he gets to a semi-final. And I think Luis is like someone who truly believes that he was better than everyone on that show. I think he truly believes that uh, he was destined to win that. And I think that uh, it hurts him to obviously not have that opportunity when he's seen it so close. It was one more fight until the finale. So close yet so far. But that's the way the the game works. Everything happens for a reason. If Luis is meant to get injured, like you're saying, Dana White came up to him and said, you know, you're going to get a shot. Will he get a shot? I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's all, it all happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. You know, maybe this was the best thing to happen to him, for him to feel not a loss, but the heartbreak of, of what it feels like to not fight. And it will make him grow and become a better fighter. I love the moment where he was just selling himself to Dana White, too. He's like, you know, that's not... Remember when he was, like, right next to Dana? Dana's like, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you know, yeah, yeah, you know. You know, he was... Dana White was doing the Dana White. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, you know. You, you. Dana is Dana. But, like, I guess you've, you've got to. you got to sell... You've yeah, got to, like, of course. Of let course. the boss know that you, you want something. Um, it was just... It was funny the way he said it to Dana... When, like, there was fighters around, but he went real quiet. He was like, I'm the best motherfucker on this show. The other fighters felt a sigh of relief. Like, looking around. <laughs> you know? But he, he, the same thing he said to Dana, he said to me as well in that house. He was like, he, he said it about his own team. He's like, oh, man, when I told my team, I felt them all have a big sigh of relief that they're not fighting me. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. Is that delusional, you think? A little bit, because honestly, when you're in that situation, I don't think anyone thinks, fuck, I'm happy this guy's out of the competition. I think at the end, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you're going to end up fighting someone else anyway, you know? And stylistically, it doesn't, it doesn't matter who's better. It matters on, on the style of the fight, you know? Like, I, I guarantee you there was fights, like, different fights that should have happened. And if they did turn out different ways... Then in that first four, even in the first four, different matches were worked in different ways. Stylistically, um, it, we could have been 4-0. It could have been the same thing. Um, so I think, but I think Delaney, uh, not Delaney, uh, Luis just obviously believes in himself. Maybe believes in himself a little bit too much, but you've got to have that arrogance and that belief. Um, I don't like to think of other fighters fearing me. And that's what Luis wanted Luis wanted other fighters to fear him um and I think that's kind of that was his edge that he had so um I think he needed that but it's not my style if you if you edit the show a certain way you could kind of make it look like that the other fighters feared him by the way he would you know express himself and oh and yeah add I th- everything I think together he had he had a lot of run-ins with the guys at, at his own weight mm-hmm. um not so much on our team, more on the other team, on his own team. Um, he had a lot of runnings with them. And I, I, cause for instance, all the lightweights for Team Miocic and all the featherweights, they all slept together, like lightweights and then featherweights. In Team Cormier, they split it up straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they went two and two, two and two, and they trained, I think, the same way as well. They never kind of trained together. Um, like Tyler didn't like training with the 45ers. Um, I know Brad was more training with the 45ers as well. Like, it is what it is. Um, they could edit that show to be, uh, be anyway, but till now it's been pretty on the money. 
For sure. Um, other than that, next week, you got uh, Trezano versus Thailand Clark. What do you think about this matchup? I know you already know what happens, but I'm saying, what do you think about this stylistic matchup? I'll just tell you before, like, before the fight, my thought exactly, I could see someone like Thailand breaking. As the show went on, he was getting more and more agitated, more and more uh, nervous. And I think uh, he was nervous when he came up against Mike because Mike's a real well-rounded fighter. He's He's got good striking, good grappling. Um, he's good all around. And Thailand was kind of the guy that you weren't really sure what he was good at. He was just like a tough guy that would like keep coming. And, you know, um, I thought that uh, Mike was way too much for, for Thailand. Um, but I guess we're going to see. Definitely. We will see uh, what's going to happen, hopefully. Oh, maybe someone's going to do a good prank on Delani because he has so much jewelry and, uh, and nah. watches and, you know. Maybe nah, you know what? There was one time I was actually thinking about, like, just hiding his gold and jewelry. <laughs> um, but then I was like, nah, I won't do that. You know, I wasn't about the pranks and shit now. So, um the other team was uh, was about some. They did some pranks. They did some pranks, but they were fucking shit. They were so shit. They haven't even made it on air yet. That's how, just shows how shit their pranks were. For sure. Uh, well, I guess that's it. We'll see episode five and uh, and uh, you hey, know episode, episode five. I've seen episode five. Right. Uh, episode five. Is is pretty pretty good. Like it's pretty interesting. There's some there's some shit that goes on in the house. Oh, well, not so much in the house. Maybe in the gym. But some shit goes down on this next show. Like um, you kind of see like a bit of uh, anger from a few of the fighters. Um, you see a bit of like uh, a bit is of confrontation. It internal, is it internal anger on your team? No, it's between the teams. Oh, it's between the teams. Between the teams, and then and then it kind of goes on to episode six, and then episode six, like, will I think, like people, I think everyone's getting more and more and more into the show. I think by this episode, episode five or episode six, um, like you're just gonna have more and more people coming in. It, it's awesome. It's good. They just announced that your brother is not fighting in Singapore. Before before yeah. I let you go, of course we could talk about it now that yeah. your brother is not going to fight in Singapore. They announced that uh, the Japanese guy is going to take his spot, right? Saki. Yeah. Uka. Yeah. Uka. But, Uka. <laughs> um, yeah, we, my brother was hopeful. Like, he, he liked that matchup. It was, a, it, was a, it was a good, fair fight. You know, Janelle's coming off, off some losses, and my brother is as well. Um, you know, but the thing was, he, he, his nose and breathing had gotten so bad um, that it was like he was unable to, to train. He was unable to walk upstairs without, like, him getting claustrophobic and shit. Like, it was real, real, real bad. And it's from the years of breaking his nose. Like, just, like, not, like, big breaks, but, like, he getting hit in the nose, getting hit in the nose, fights, training, and never getting it treated, you know. He, it had, uh, the bone had broken. The bone had broken. And then when the bone had reformed, it had blocked his airways through both nostrils so he couldn't breathe. Um, so they had to like go kind of re-break it and open up from the inside all the, 
all the airways so we can start breathing again. And uh, like he's had this issue for like the past two years, but the last like three or four months, it, or probably it, probably like like last two three months, like he'd obviously cop some hits in sparring, and it just got worse and worse and worse. And um, yeah, it was he had to go in for emergency surgery. They were like, you got to go in now. You know, and, and get this uh, fixed up. So he went in for emergency surgery. I put up like a little uh, Instagram thing, and then of him like in the hospital. And then I had so many people message me that I just had to quickly take it down. Um, but he he's ready. He wants to fight. Uh, like as soon as his nose is better, he wanted to fight Janelle. He wrote even a message to Janelle saying that um, you know, he hopes he gets through the fight and they can do it down the track. Um, you know, so. You know, I, I think that uh, it, when he gets back into it, whoever, if they want to put him with the winner of the Sasaki and uh, and Lausa fight, that's cool. If they want to put him with the loser of the Lausa and the Sasaki fight, it'll be cool. My brother will fight either of them. Um, you know, like he in his debut, he fought like John Moraga, you know, and he, he doesn't care who he fights. He just, he's just in there to fight. Um so, but hopefully down the line we get a fight with uh, with Janelle or with Sasaki or one of these guys or someone like that as well. Do you think that 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 you know his nose has been hindering him through his whole UFC career? Cardio wise, it is always going to affect you. Um, you know, it is going to affect you. But my brother is not one for excuses. Mm -hmm. um, it, like he could have had plenty of other excuses for for like a lot of things, but he, he doesn't make excuses. And I said that to him, like a few people at our gym was like, man, you're gonna be able to breathe for the first time in, in two years. Like you haven't been uh, able to breathe. And one of the guys was speaking to my brother and he said, what's it like? Like, what's the feeling like of, of your nose? Like, what do you feel like? And you know those like VO2 masks that you wear? The guy, he, he says that it feels like someone has constantly has their hand over his mouth. Mm. And uh, and they were choking him, and now he ha he can't get back into training for the next like uh, like four weeks or something. Still like no contact, but he says already walking around now he can actually breathe like a normal person. Um, do I think that it played a part in his last few fights? I'm not even going to make an excuse and say that. Um, but do I think that he's going to become better because of it for in his next performance? One hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. You're going to be able to push harder. You know what I mean? Like you can breathe. And that was that was one of the things we were always kind of working around things. And one of the things that I said to my brother was, Hey, your back's against the wall right now. And we know, we know how the UFC works and we know how, what people would be saying, you know, you've lost two fights in a row, third fight you lose, you know, you could be out. And that is right. We're lucky that we've, we're even getting this third chance. So um, the next fight, it's not about like getting injured or anything like that. It's about, it's about going there like train as hard as you can no matter what happens it happens you know and just go in there and leave everything in that cage leave everything in the training room and then go and leave everything in the cage and as long as you do that you know you can be happy with yourself and sleep at night for sure all right assuming next week episode five i'll talk to you take I care be one of the best episodes yet for sure